0: Hello friends, here I am. Just figured I'd take you on a walk and continue talking about the things that we were talking about, which is basically me. You ever get sick of talking about yourself? (laughs) But it is what it is. I uh, I want people to understand where all my thought processes come from and the experiences that have developed, you know, helped influence them. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening again. Uh, review of the week, we got one from Sandra, so I appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much, Sandra. She's one of my old co-workers at a hotel I worked at. we had many conversations about uh, depression, self-esteem, all kinds of stuff, and, uh, thanks for being a friend thanks for leaving the review so I'm not sure if this is gonna work well because I'm walking through neighborhood and I just have my little microphone strapped to my strapped to my shirt but we'll see how it goes uh, anyways thanks for listening and uh, I just want to talk about something real quick it's about midnight, so I can't talk super loud or people probably think I'm a weirdo walking through the (laughs) neighborhood, but uh, the other day I posted a status about something I believe in a lot and people got pissed off. You know, I started to feel bad a little bit, but then uh, I realized if it's something I truly believe in. And I think it's going to empower people, and it empowers myself. Then I have to stick up for it, no matter how many people are pissed. And sometimes, sometimes people are just pissed because they had to, they have to justify their decision. Like they made a decision in the past, and they have to justify it. You know, so they feel good about the decision. Not that it's the right or wrong decision, but that's just how humans work. So, if you have an opinion about something and you truly believe in it, don't be afraid to speak up. Uh, you will get critics. That's just nature of the game. But uh, it's worth it. So, anyways, where we left off... With my childhood, I was just getting ready to be picked up from Arizona. My mom called my aunt, and uh, she was coming to get us. We had a nice little last meal, which happened to turn into comfort food as an adult. Kind of funny how that works. I also realized why I still like uh, (laughs) those shitty gas station cheeseburgers. Because when we were homeless, if we could get fifty cents, there was these gas stations called AMPM and they'd have you know these little pre-made hamburgers for fifty cents. And you know, a lot of times save the day. So maybe that's some kind of weird emotional connection with that. I don't know. I just know shit's weird when it adds up like that. Uh, But anyways, my Aunt Bev and my Uncle Jeff. uh, This is my mom's sister and the guy she married coming to get us. And uh, Jeff worked for his his dad at Heggie's Pizza. I don't know if you guys know Heggie's Pizza, but shout out to them. I just had one a couple days ago. They're still good, and they also made sure that uh, my aunt and uncle could support Two extra rugrats that they weren't responsible for, but they found it in their heart to come get us. And sorry if I breathe too heavy in this mic, I'm walking at a pretty good pace here. <laughs> anyway, so they're coming to get us, right? And I remember when they show up, they're in a rental car, and uh, we have a big emotional kind of goodbye with my mom and you know we don't know how life's gonna be but we just know we're leaving our mom and she's in a bad spot in life so so she's not in the good spot she's in the deepest part of her uh, lifestyle choice problems I guess you could say and talking to my mom uh, as an adult it was over a thousand dollars a day in drugs and uh Whatever it took to get them and get the money, you know, um, the whole lifestyle. There's always a way to get money for drugs. <clears throat> um, so, and we don't, you know, all I know is she's hanging out with a bunch of bad people and she's not ready to come home. I think, I think she was ready to come home, but I think that for some reason, She was being controlled by somebody, or she. You know, I don't really know why, but I think somehow she had to get out of that situation slowly. Um, Like someone had a little leverage on her, or something. I'm not exactly sure. But, anyways, so we get in the car. And we start, we start the drive to Minnesota from Arizona, and you know, it's actually it was actually kind of nice, even though I just left my mom behind, and me and my little brother. But my aunt and uncle did a good job at of making us feel comfortable, you know, and we'd like talk about things to keep us distracted and. We would play games, and <laughs> I remember a lot of times my aunt would try to like get me to laugh or like she would scare me as we were driving uh, and we'd stop we stopped at a lot of places you know just to make sure that since we're driving all the way across the country that you know we were able to see some things and and I'm sure it probably helps with them, with their stress. Uh, I know my aunt always worries about my mom. <coughs> Even though my mom's a little bit older, my younger aunt has always kind of been a little more responsible uh, in some ways. So I'm, I'm assuming that all plays into it. But So we're driving, watching rainstorms, tumbleweeds, you know, uh, we stopped at Mount Rushmore. We stopped in the Badlands. And I remember... The Badlands, my... <laughs> my aunt and uncle scared the shit out of me. And uh, they... Said they saw a mountain lion. Or in a bear at one point. and And... Uh, it got really... It was at night, and right after they said they saw that, they my uncle pretended that he ran out of gas with the car. Just chug, 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 chug. chug. And they started to panic. They're like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, no, this is not good. And then brings the car all the way to a stop. But it seems like we're actually running out of gas because... He's playing with the brakes and the gas, and, and then he just shuts the car off in the middle of the in the road in the in the Badlands, <laughs> and we're just sitting there, quiet, waiting for something to pop out. Ah! My my aunt screams and just scares the shit out of me, and then I find out she's joking. So that was some of the cruel things that they did to distract their little little nephews on the way up to the place um, but anyway so we move in with them we we move in the basement and we my uncle makes some bunk beds for us and you know the whole trip was pretty distracting right you didn't have a lot of time to stop and think about the situation or worry about worry about my mom or, you know, any of those things. just like, oh, I get to see my cousins. We get to play. Like, they lived on Lake Mille Lacs. It's a big lake in northern Minnesota, and, you know, it's just a whole new world. so, and so she's not in the good spot. She's in the deepest part of her uh, lifestyle choice problems, I guess you could say, and talking to my mom uh, as an adult. It was over a $1,000 a day in drugs and uh, whatever it took to get them and get the money, you know, uh, the whole lifestyle. There's always a way to get money for drugs. Um, So, and we don't, you know, all I know is she's hanging out with a bunch of bad people and she's not ready to come home, I think. I think she was ready to come home, but I think that for some reason she was being controlled by somebody, or she, you know, I don't really know why, but I think somehow she had to get out of that situation slowly, Um, like someone had a little leverage on her or something. I'm not exactly sure, but... <clears throat> Anyways, so we get in the car and we start we start the drive to Minnesota from Arizona. And, you know, it's actually... It was actually kind of nice, even though I just left my mom behind and me and my little brother, but my aunt and uncle did a good job at, of making us feel comfortable. You know, and we'd like talk about things that keep us distracted, and we would play games, and <laughs> I remember a lot of times my aunt would try to, like, get me to laugh, or, like, she would scare me as we are driving, uh, and we'd stop, we stopped at a lot of places, you know, just to make sure that since we're driving all the way across the country that, you know, we were able to see some things, and and I'm sure it probably helped with them, with their stress. Uh, I know my aunt always worries about my mom. <coughs> Even though my mom's a little bit older, my younger aunt has always kind of been a little more responsible uh, in some ways. So I'm I'm assuming that all plays into it, but so we're driving, watching rainstorms, tumbleweeds. You know, Uh, we stopped at Mount Rushmore. We stopped in the Badlands, and I remember the Badlands. My (laughs) my aunt and uncle scared the shit out of me, and uh, they said they saw a mountain lion. Or, in a bear at one point, and uh it got really it was at night, and right after they said they saw that they my uncle pretended that he ran out of gas with the car, just chug chug chug, 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 and they started to panic. they're like, I don't know what's going on, oh no, this is not good.' And then brings the car all the way to a stop. But it seems like we're actually running out of gas because he's playing with the brakes and the gas, and, and then he just shuts the car off in the middle of the in the road in the in the Badlands. <laughs> and we're just sitting there, quiet, waiting for something to pop out. Ah! My my aunt screams and just scares the shit out of me. And then I find out she's joking. So that was some of the cruel things that they did to distract their little little nephews on the way up to the place. Um, but anyway, so we move in with them. We we move in the basement, and we my uncle makes some bunk beds for us. And you know the whole trip was pretty distracting right you didn't have a lot of time to stop and think about the situation or worry about worry about my mom or you know any of those things just like oh I get to see my cousins we get to play like they lived on Lake Mille Lacs it's a big lake in northern Minnesota and you know it's just a whole new world and a lot of distractions so but when there wasn't distractions that's when the worry kicks in right don't know where my stepdad is my real dad died my mom is in the hood with the pimps and the dope fiends and all those things living that life and at night is when it kicks in right? sitting there just me and Phil hey what do you think mom's doing right now what do you think dad's doing right now? I remember we each had a stuffed animal. And I was I thought I was a little bit old for a stuffed animal, but you know, I just pretend, I would pretend that the stuffed animal was, was my mom and she was safe and I was hugging her. I say little prayers and just kinda wonder if you're ever gonna see her again or or what. Cause I don't know. Maybe some of you guys haven't like been in the hood or like in the thick of like the drug life but fucking people getting shot and raped and killed and fucking all kinds of crazy shit happens in that lifestyle Uh, and really bad at that point in those areas of Phoenix you know people think Phoenix is all 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 good (laughs) you know they picture nice hot weather and Sunshine, but there's some real ghetto areas in that part of the state. Um, so yeah, so now we're living we're living the good life. We have <laughs> we have a we have beds. We have a we have a house. My aunt would lay out my clothes every morning for me. I wouldn't even have to think. Wouldn't even have to think about what I'm going to wear the next morning because when I woke up, there it was easy, thoughtless and now I'm going to this little school O'Namia Elementary and so I go from being one of the few white kids in my school and now I'm in a school that has one black kid so it's complete opposite country, people everywhere you know I still my aunt used to tease me because I started kind of speaking Ebonics I guess I'd be like, Yeah, I ate alright right. instead of all right. I'd be like, Yeah, alright, sounds good, alright <laughs> And uh now I'm in the country so I remember like the first week of school some kid starts talking shit. So I just punched him <laughs> ripped the necklace off his his neck and I guess his dad owned um Eddie something Eddie Resorts or something I think it's it's still going on but I know it's old wooden boats I remember seeing those on the lake but I just came from the I just came from the hood when like when it's time to fight you don't really ask questions you don't go back and forth just talking shit to each other you just start fighting and that's the mentality I had when I came back and it got me in trouble right away (laughs) My aunt's like, why why'd you start a fight? And I was like, well, he said something. He said he, said, he called me one name or something. And my aunt's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, anyways, but they didn't understand the environment I just came from. So I have to try to, like, adapt to this new environment where everybody's laid back. Nobody actually fights. So they just kind of pick on each other back and forth, like this passive-aggressive stuff, get their little clicks together. And when I was in Arizona, you didn't ask questions. You had to fight right away. Or get your ass kicked, get your shoes stolen, you know. Like I've told you guys, but completely different world. It was good. I got to play uh, little league baseball, which was awesome. I loved playing it. But then for some reason, I quit, and then by the next time I tried out for baseball I was like in tenth grade, and everybody had coaching from sixth grade to tenth grade, and, <laughs> and uh, it just didn't work out when I tried out and wasn't good enough. didn't know, didn't know the fundamentals, you know all that stuff. But when I was a little kid, it just came natural, and I had, I had a ton of fun. I remember having a crush on this girl named Deanna, Deann, Deanna. Mankey uh, I remember this couple, a couple uh, kids that were twins, Josh and Josh and Justin Smith, I think. I remember Pat Holheisel was on. He was like a, a thicker kid that was good at hitting home runs already in sixth grade. And uh, I don't know. I just love sports because, as a kid, you find you want to find something that you can get recognition for, like, significance for, right? And uh, I never really had a chance to be in any organized sports ever. So this is the first time. It was awesome. Um, Let's see, what else? I remember my cousin Cody, who's grown-up and seems to be a lot like me now. Um... Seems like a lot of people rely on him for things, and I sent him a message the other day saying, keep his head up, I know what it's like. Um, so yeah, that's that little section in life. <sighs> I don't know how long that went, it kind of all blends together, but I just remember we <laughs> we ate a lot of Heggie's pizza, and at some one point, he actually got sick of pizza. You know, it wasn't easy, they had... One, two, three, four, five kids living in the house. My uncle Jeff was delivering that he was in charge of the accounts so he he'd deliver the pizzas to the to the bars and stuff and sometimes he'd bring me with to kind of see what what it was like and you know, I didn't really like it, <laughs> but it was cool to be out of the house and do something um, and he lives in Texas now, so. Shout out to Uncle Jeff for taking time with me. Uh, I don't know, what else? And then at some point, I hear my mom's coming back. And finally, you know, all this time you start to get settled in. And this is kind of a side note, but I remember at one point, when we came back from Arizona... Not this time, maybe it was the time before, but where she lived in a bus. We lived in the bus, we drove down to Arizona. And we lived in a a campsite in a bus. (laughs) Oh man, I think, Yeah, I don't know, but it's just funny how life works like living in a bus. But, anyways, so here my mom's coming back. And, you know, I'm happy. I mean, every every kid is happy to be reunited with their mom. And as an adult, I heard that it was very hard for my mom to get back because she was deep in the game of that lifestyle. But guess who comes to the rescue? old man Rudy that we lived in his spare bedroom for a little bit comes, grabs his pistol and he he goes to this guy that's controlling my mom and says you better leave her the fuck alone or I'm gonna put a bullet in your ass and eventually my mom got on a greyhound and was able to come back so I don't know if Rudy's still alive, He's I know he's in his 60s or 50s back in the early 90s, so if he ever hears this, I appreciate you, Rudy. Uh, I know you're probably just doing what was on your heart, but it means a lot. don't know why I just got emotional right there. It's just weird how strangers can... Open up their hearts and just help people in need. I guess it's a kind of common thread with humans, right? Whew, geez. Hmm. Trigger. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just everything seems good now, but there's a lot of little moments in life that just all come together and work out somehow. I don't know. Something a lot smarter than me is figuring it out. A lot better than I could ever figure it out. (sighs) Isn't it funny that humans think they know how to do everything, but (laughs) really, Mother Nature, God can just decide on a dime what's going to happen. I could get killed on this walk right now, even though I'm walking through a pretty wealthy neighborhood. Who knows? Um, So yeah, so Mom's coming back, right? Right? We finally get we get her here, we get hooked up on uh government assistance, we move into a trailer park. And uh hey we got a home again in the country. So I go from the hood and ghetto kid <coughs> just trying to make money all the time. <laughs> Man, we'd do anything to get money. I remember my mom would have me and Phil go into grocery stores and try to steal you know this sounds bad now but I mean I guess if you've never done anything bad uh, I guess then you can judge her for trying to do whatever it took to make up for her mistakes or whatever the case is but she would have me and Phil go into grocery stores and ask people for gas money and if we couldn't get gas money we were told to steal purses but something inside me knew that I should should not do that so I'd never do it uh, my brother Phil <laughs> he was always down but we I don't think we ever got we ever got any purse but I, what I would do is I'd be in the grocery store eating food <laughs> right off the shelves and that's what it is that's the reality of Living that life. <clears throat> okay, sorry about the tangent. All right, back to the trailer park. So, move into the trailer park. Uh, sorry about the traffic noise. I guess it's part of the natural <laughs> environment of this uh, this podcast. Uh, so we move into the trailer park. Now I'm turning country. Right, I want to go hunting. Like I got BB guns, I got all kinds of shit, and, and there's woods everywhere. And I meet the I meet one of my my childhood friends, Sam. And let me tell you how I meet this kid. So me and Phil are walking through the woods, and we come out on these other sides with these little cliff and stuff, and we go down into this field, and all of a sudden, oh, sweet. There's two bow and arrows just laying, laying here. This is awesome. So I think I found a nice little compound bow. And all of a sudden, I get hit in the face with a rock out of nowhere. I'm like, what in the fuck just happened? And I look up, and there's this kid yelling, hey, get away from that. That's mine, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> Turned out to be Sam. <laughs> We became good friends. I don't know. I mean, I guess literally we had a rocky start. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I became good friends with him. His dad was the landlord of the the trailer park. I spent a lot of time with him. You know, his mom would feed me, (laughs) all kinds of stuff. And we'd get in all kinds of trouble in that place. Uh, you know, it's not a lot to do, so what else do you do? But I remember to make money, I would go and knock on every trailer, and I'd offer to take people's garbage out for some change, so I'd get baseball cards and stuff, and I guess that was my early hustle back in the day, taking people's trash out, because the dumpster was literally on the other side of the trailer park. And then, you know, everything seemed fine, but my mom still had this this habit this craving, right, for her next whatever it was. And she'd go to the casino sometimes, and she would just disappear. You know, for weeks, weeks at a time, it would just be me and my brother chilling, you know, trying to, trying to survive. But, you know, we had plenty of food in the trailer and stuff like that. Um, so it wasn't that bad. But I remember social services would come around looking for us. And we were trained to run out the back door, we'd go hide in the woods because we knew that social services would take so people would come looking for us, knock on our door, we'd bail out the back door' Because we knew if our mom wasn't around for for weeks, they'd probably put us in foster homes or whatever. Funny how kids are trained to know that stuff early on, but and then she'd you know she'd come back uh she'd always come back hang out with my Uncle John a lot, and he liked uh, Army stuff, so we'd always talk about like Vietnam, because he's a Vietnam veteran, and um, I loved him, he was a good guy, Uh, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us, but he uh, definitely provided a lot of distraction in our childhood and we'd go down and play with our cousins in the cities, DelaRay, Robert, play Monopoly and watch Saturday Night Live and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So life was tremendously better when we came back to Minnesota um than it was when we we're in the the rough, rough parts of our lives. Um but my mom, my mom still had a temper. One time we had this BB gun fight in the trailer. Me and my brother. He would, we'd have all these forts set up, and we'd each have a BB gun. He would pop up, and I'd shoot him. <laughs> for some reason, Phil cannot hit anything with a BB gun. It's like he just shuts his eyes and <laughs> pulls the trigger, hopes for the best. And me, on the other hand, I was a really accurate shot, so. I'd always he'd always be <laughs> losing the battles. Anyways, after this one BB gun war, uh, my mom comes home and sees that there's shit, there's a window shot out and all kinds of stuff broken in the house. And uh, she took me in the room and beat the shit out of me with a BB gun. Uh, my uh, my cousins were there, my aunt or my uncle cousins. I come out of the room, I got blood dripping down my arm, like just got my ass kicked, and uh, you know, I don't know, I guess sometimes it just gets out of hand, like is what it is, uh, I don't think I should have been hit that hard, but it wasn't the first time, it wouldn't be the last, that's for sure, so I just wanted to take you guys on my walk tonight, Um I appreciate you letting me in your ears in your mind and uh, just letting me vent about life and have you get to know me and hopefully I can get to know you Uh, head over to my website theartofagrowth.com use the hashtag yourfriendmike if you want to say hi on any social media platform I'll see it Uh, any review is greatly appreciated Uh, they're not easy to come by so if you have a second hop on itunes and give me a review Uh, if you want to support the podcast and uh, make it easier for this thing to grow you can buy me a coffee three dollars and 99 cents on my website you won't even notice it you know every month but it'll make a huge difference with me uh thanks for listening guys i love you bye